0: From Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. And uh, first, I just want to fill you in on some uh, some some news. You know, this Saturday, today, in two and a half hours, our skating party starts. And uh, we will be out there uh, roller skating at the Roller Gardens uh, from 430 to 630. It's a private party, so just us in there. You can come by. Uh, if you come by and catch me before 5 o'clock, I'll be outside handing out tickets to bless people to come and skate with us. After that, you probably have to pay at the door, and that's set—that's $7. So if you want to come, uh, get there between 4.30 and 5 so I can get you a free ticket, and then uh, you come in and skate with us and uh, meet our staff and uh, meet some of the families that we, we work with in the summer. Uh, great people, great family atmosphere, uh, give you something to do, maybe burn off some some calories on your grandkids or your kids, and get them out there. And, uh, yeah, it's, this is kind of like our uh, reunion from the summer. Where, you know, everybody goes to school and and gets settled, and football season's about over. So, you know, we do a skating party that we can get there. Uh, we ain't going outside. I'm not in no 30s. No, no, no. So we got to find a building to go to to get warm. So uh, be my guest out there, you know, in, in uh, two and a half hours or four thirty at the Roller Gardens in St. Louis Park. Uh, Everybody knows the Roller Gardens right off of Minnetonka Minnetonka Boulevard uh, in in Highway 100. So uh, come on out and and have a good time with us. Uh, Today I just had the privilege of uh, getting together with some guys this morning and just praying, uh, just praying for, you know, unity in our our city and trying to lay a a groundwork uh, for revival. So basically... Our town can be changed. You know, I was uh discussing with some of the leaders in my church who one day they said we wanted to pray for revival. And I said, uh, we're not ready for revival. And they said, Oh, don't be negative, Pastor. You know, you know, we pray for revival. Come, I said, but I said, You guys aren't ready for revival. I said, You know what revival means? Revival means we have service every night you're ushering every night you're leading worship every night. I said you clean the church every night I said when revival hits people don't want to go home you know they they' at the church every day praying all day you know services in the evening wait, waiting to see God move what he's going to do I said I said and we're not ready for that. some of us only like to come to church once a week. How are you going to be ready for every night when a revival hits? And sometimes it's just like in athletics. You have to condition yourself. If you want to run a good 200, you run a 400. You want to run a good 400, you run 800. You know what I mean? You have to do above and beyond what you're currently doing so that you can excel at the lower rate. And so if you're looking for a revival, you have to go above and beyond revival so that when revival comes, you can handle it. Yeah, I mean, you know, but we live in a culture where, if your church asks you to come to church three times a week, prayer, Bible study, service, they think you're in a cult, and uh, you know, just going there—that's just too much time. Don't need all that time to get there. You know, God to move and God to this, and and really, you don't. God's still gonna move, but it has to be your heart. And not everybody has to stay every night. But when revival hits, you're gonna want to—you're gonna want to be with it. Like when revival hit the Pentecost. Those people were there visiting they were Pentecost, and some of them never went home. You know, and the ones that did go home took Pentecost with them, and they spread the word that way. You know, what I mean, revival it it requires a, a deep level of commitment, not just for us to pray every now and then, but a deep level of commitment because as people get revived, they need to be taught. So are we, you know, we got, that's mentoring and teaching has to go on, and you know, and not just getting caught up in the hype. The feel-good hype of, of revival, you know, I mean, which is easy to do, but you know, you got to get out there, and you got to also get caught up in learning your word, you know, being stable in what you do. So we were praying just today, praying out John seventeen and John twenty. Uh, we'll we'll look at that later on, but but the uh, the prayer was for unity, that that we would allow the glory that God has already given us. You know, to shine through what we do and that what we do will bring glory to God and we complete that which he sent us to do, you know, and in learning what I've learned is that God has a reason and a purpose to what you do. And a lot of times we adopt other people's purpose because it looks good or it seems good or it appeals to us as opposed to really seeking God and finding out what it is that we're to do, what it is that we're going to be known for what would we be known for in, in the heavenlies, what would we be, we're known for in the earth. You know, that that's that's the thing that we have to look at and, and go about and try to get, that's what we got to go and get make ourselves <clears throat> known for is that we do God's will. We operate to bring him glory. And in the midst of bringing him glory, things get done and people's lives are changed. You get to going. I, I always look at the story of uh, Elijah. When he was uh God hit him, you know, and the ravens fed him. You know, and and I always say like but ravens are are unclean unclean birds. You know, why didn't he have a dog? You know, he somebody feed him. Why the unclean? And then I thought about it. Where they saw the ravens flying, they knew Elijah wouldn't be. Because no man of God would be around ravens. So even though they looked all over the whole land for him, they didn't look there. And God used the ravens to sustain Elijah. God used the ravens. He used the unclean thing to sustain him. And a lot of times when we when we're in doing something, we have to understand that sometimes God uses the ravens, the unclean thing. To feed us, you know, to, to, bring, to bring protection, to bring knowledge. You know, we go to universities and, you know, and we learn some things and we come out. They're not the most cleanest places, you know, uh, in the world. But as far as intellectual thought, but yet they're there for everybody to help grow, and you learn something. And uh, some of us have friends or unsaved parents who taught us well and equipped us. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's what they're doing. But in the meantime, you got to look at the fact that they were unclean. They had not bowed their need to the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean they can't talk to us. It doesn't mean they can't teach us. You know what I mean? Because God uses that, to, uses people like that, your ravens, to sustain and protect. His people, you know, and so when, when we're looking at, at unity and, and, and trying to see the body of Christ come together to function as one body, you know what I mean, one body, where we, we, we're we literally, you know, just you know, everything is being done and we're happy and lives are being changed and, you know, and we're working together, we're sharing resources, uh, you know, we're not trying to hoard people Uh, You know, those things are that's when, you know, God is moving because he said, you will know, they'll know that you are Christians by your love one for another. So it is your love that you you display towards your brothers and sisters in Christ that draw people to you. Let's say the love you show towards sinners, but the love you show toward uh, your brothers and your sisters. That's what makes people want to become a part of a group. That's what makes people want to join. Uh, club or or, or or gang or organization because they just see how well they treat each other and people love being treated well that's what they want to do they want to be treated well so you, you find these things that come into play and uh, and people people are uh, people gravitate toward that because they, they everybody wants to be treated and held in high esteem They gets there so unity love prayer going in revival you know all those things. Take them in the pot, stir them up, you know, pour it out. What's it going to look like? What's it going to look like for Minneapolis? You know what I mean? What's it going to look like when, when the lines between urban and suburban aren't blurred anymore? You know what I mean? When, when um, you know, everybody has equal access to the things and resources around them. What, what, what does that look like? You know what I mean? What does it look like? Somewhere along the line, somebody has to be bold enough to take a step and come out of their comfort zone and uh, and, and and reach out, you know. You know, urban has to get out of their comfort zone and go and embrace suburban. The suburban has embraced urban. I remember Pastor Steve Gould, before he passed away, uh, you know, he would be in here with meat, you know, two, three times a year just to go over pastoral stuff to help me do some stuff, help me over some humps and everything like that. And he would always take me to his little restaurant, and we would get some wild rice soup. Every time I eat wild rice soup, now I think of Pastor Steve. You know, but I told him I said, in a little while, Pastor, I'm going to have to come out to New Hope and minister to the people out around your church, and you're going to have to come into North Minneapolis and minister to the people around my church because it's going to flip. I said it's going to flip. You know, and as I see the people who are moving into my neighborhood, and I see the people who are moving into New Hope as I drive around, and I say, yeah, that flip is getting closer and closer. And what are we going to do? Are we going to let the flip catch us by surprise? Or are we going to draw up a means of way to minister, you know, to the flip? where we still reach out to people and, you know, and, and help them adjust, reach out to the school districts and help them learn how to how to handle, you know, certain students, you know, that we already have expertise in, and then we reach out there and go, and then vice versa. You know, when the people that are moving into our neighborhood, you know, that, have a certain things, and we don't understand it, because we weren't raised like them. It is the people from the suburbs can come in and minister to them and, and, as they say, speak their lingo. You know what I mean? So, you know, we as a church have to always be cognizant of the moves. How, not only how, God, how is God moving, but how is our city growing? How, how are people moving when they move? What's what's the pattern? What's the pattern being established? You know, we see they throwing up all these big buildings right and they plan on these buildings being at least 70 percent occupancy they ain't not throwing them up for four or five people living you know so you wonder like where is all the people gonna come from to live in these buildings you know where will these people come from and uh and and they're coming they're coming they're coming you know what i mean and and we as a church have to realize that they need jesus too they need jesus too yeah, whether it's a loft, condo, whatever, they still need Jesus just as much as anybody else. God does not set up economic barriers to those to come to the cross, and that's what needs to happen. So, revival, unity, things we do, we pray. You know, first, thing, first lay is prayer. Pray every day. You know, pray without ceasing for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's prayer. We have to put feet to our prayers. And We need to put some names to our prayers so that when you find someone that's out there doing the work, you pray for them. You know, we're in need of evangelists. You know, evangelists, is like everybody wants a title, but nobody takes that evangelist title. There'll be a pastor, teacher, prophet, apostle. but That evangelist title, man, because evangelist, he's, he's out there meeting people. He's bringing people to the Lord. You know, when he comes to preach at the church, God sends people to the church. The spirit draws them there because he knows his evangelist is there. and His evangelist is going to do an excellent job of presenting the gospel in order to get people saved. You know, Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send more laborers into the field, right? And as we pray for that, those laborers are going to be our evangelists. They're going to be the ones who are going to declare the word of God. They're going to be the ones who are going to we're going to show people the way to God, you know, how to get there. And, and we need to pray for that, that we get more of those, more of those guys, you know. I mean, you know, evangelists are, are attacked like no other, you know what I mean, because because of their ability to draw people from Satan's kingdom into the kingdom of God, they get attacked like no other. And we have to pray for them to be raised up. And once they're raised up, we got to pray for them that they stay up, you know, that they don't get, caught up in anything, don't you know, get down sometimes. I remember when I was out there doing evangelism work and I mean, nobody would hardly support me uh anything like that. You know, then I'd run up on Nation Islam, and other brothers who out there, you know, reaching out and, and loving on the guys. And sometimes I'd be like, you where's my people that we got the truth? We're not out here, you know. I got a little mad at the time. Got mad, didn't want to go to church no more. You know, lasted about six months. You know, now I'm doing church every day. You know, and, I, and finally I just was sitting in a football game in uh, the old Astrodome and I watched the high school football. And Lord just spoke to me during the game and just said, You know, you need to get back into church because you're no different than anybody else. You listen to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit Lord Church, from Pastor Joe Sutton. We'll come back after the break and talk about some practical ways to prepare ourselves for revival. Mission listeners throughout the Twin Cities are calling the Good News Line. Call in and tell us what Bible teachers and topics have touched your life and why you listen each day. Share your favorite mission memories, and you could hear your voice on air. Yeah, just calling just just uh, say my appreciation. I want you to know that I listen every morning. Thank you for being a great station. Call the Good News Line today at 651-289-4434. Thanks for listening to AM 980, The Mission. On that all day long, isn't that a great beat? Yeah. That guitar just chimes in, just one little pluck. I can play that. I <laughs> probably could. Yeah. I believe. Oh, it's so good. Earthy. <laughs> Amen. Jesus will fix it. You know, when you uh, sometimes when you think you've messed up beyond repair. You know, Jesus comes in and He fixes it, man. So, so often I look back on my life, and uh, it's, uh, and I am believing God for revival. You know, to happen, but I look back on my life sometimes. I go like, "Wow!" I say, "God, you just been doing positive thing after positive thing for me," and sometimes I don't even recognize it. I just just go on about my business. You know, what I mean, I. You know, some of the things that I, I go through, uh, especially health-wise, um, you know, some people don't come out of, you know what I mean? But I come out of it. And uh, I don't take it in vain, like a powerful thing that, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm Superman or something like that. But it's not easy, but I know it's necessary. Uh, and... I've always said if I can do anything to help my fellow man come to know him better, I would do it. Uh, I didn't know I was going to have a hospital ministry. (laughs) Man, they know me by heart up in that mug. (laughs) I bet at this point they do. Yeah, that guy coming in, they'd be like, hey, Mr. Sutton. They'd be like, oh, hey, how y'all doing? Well, we're not glad to see you back. but well, we're glad you're back. You know, what I mean, you remember Paul? Paul always looked at uh, his trip to the hospital as a big opportunity. I think the last two weeks he was uh, just giving out uh, giving out books and giving out everything he could, and he took advantage of every minute he spent there. Yeah, that's one. That's people. one of the reasons why I do it. I just I I talk to everybody. I get to know him. I, I uh, you know by now most of them knew I'm a pastor, but some of them get they get and They still get baited. You know, we get in there. Yep. And we have great conversations. Sometimes we just talk about truth. It doesn't even get to scripture. We just talk about the truth of living life, you know? You find them in an open state of mind sometimes. Yeah, because they look at me and yeah. say, wonder why I'm not bitter. You know, my doctor said, if I was you, I'd be mad. I said, Doc, I'm not mad. I said, it gives, I, Jesus said this, they said, who did sin in this man's family that he's born this way? And Jesus said, nobody sinned he's like this for the power of God to be manifested. And that's how I look at it. You know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm it's the opportunity for the power of God to be manifested. You know, it gets, gets through there yeah. And so, and, that, and I look at it that way, but when you are preparing your mind and your family and your, ch- or your church or whatever for revival, you know what I mean? We had this thing that revival is this peachy King thing that happens, but revival is us. As we change, then revival comes. Revival doesn't come. If we don't revival ain't gonna come just because we want it or pray for it. Revival is gonna come because we've changed. We we've changed the atmosphere. We've changed our mindset. You know, we're we're ready for it. You know, what I mean, we're 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 ready for it. You know, what I mean, God God is looking for someone to pour His Spirit out on. it, says in His Word, and and we need to show Him that we're ready, that we're ready for this. You know, what I mean, we we're not backing off. Uh, no one is scared. We're ready. We're ready for it to happen. And we're ready to see people get blessed. And so after your, your prayer, you got to look at your life and look at your life and change your life. I remember this one guy would pray every day from five to seven in the morning. He prayed every day, whether anybody was there or not. You know, I joined him for a couple of years and he kept praying. He said, you know, God wants to usher you in a revival. And Got to pray, and though everybody agreed with him when he said revival, wasn't nobody agreeing with him to get up at no five o'clock in the morning, you know, to pray for revival. But he he set his he set his face like a flint, as the word says, and he kept he just kept being faithful at it. And man, at about the twelfth year, you know, a revival hit. I mean, it, it, it hit. And man, prayer went from. Him and maybe a couple of others to like twenty some people, and you know praying in the mornings and and, and night, and they were having service they had service nightly for about two months, and then they broke it down to three times a week, and uh you know it was it just was a a, a move that was that everybody was just but they people didn't know it was it was twelve years, it was twelve years in the making. This man was praying for twelve years you know, you know, just being faithful to his assignment. You know what I mean? And you know, God doesn't call everyone to assignment, but he does have some who have, he's given that level of faith to, to get there and pray and get there. And we get sidetracked with, uh, with Netflix and everything else instead of praying like that. And I, uh, am and I'm, I'm, I'm a great procrastinator myself when it comes to different things. I find everything to do, but pray, you go to pray and then you remember, Oh, yeah, I got to make this call. Oh, yeah, I got to do this. And you run off and you get distracted. And so besides praying, you got to be disciplined. You got to be disciplined, know your order, know your position, work your position. You know, That's just what you have to do. And last but not least, you got to be faithful. You just got to be faithful. Got to be faithful. Be faithful in your giving. Be faithful in your church attendance. Be faithful with your wife. Be faithful with your family. You got to be faithful, and then you'll see, as you become faithful, the glory of God will start manifesting itself in your life, and then others will see that they will become faithful, and then next thing you know, we have a revival, you know, and uh, that and that's what we hope for, that's what we need, that's what I've been praying for all these years, and uh, and I has been have not been as consistent in praying because sometimes I admit that the drugs they give me. I walk in the room and forget where I'm going. You know, <laughs> I, I, I go like, "How long I got to take this stuff, man?" You know, I like, say, "Like, man, I take it, it. It makes me stammer." And I was like, "Like, I oh, we got a jump start or something like that." But it's all good though. It's all for the glory of the King. Once again, you listen to Joe Sutton, Pastor, of Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis. You're always welcome to come out and and I worship with us. We're gonna have a great time this Sunday. We serving our usual first Sunday meal, but most importantly, we have baptism. You know. This is our fourth week in a row, somebody getting baptized. So keep praying for us that we too may be do God's will. Thank you. Yay! <laughs>